Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply That was not all on me. What was the problem? I could neither hear you nor could you hear me? Yes, I could hear and see you. No. Okay, I couldn't hear you at all with your fancy new chrome. It's not new. It's fake, the same one I've had the whole time. Fake old-fashioned microphone. It. Just show them enough to win. I didn't know you were working on this old-timey. Yeah, I see that typewriter. That's where I write all my columns. That's why they take so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't see that typewriter. That's why I don't see the columns. Uh, uh, it was my grandfather's. We had it shipped via after he d- died. We shipped it via like UPS USPS freight, and it cost like fifty bucks and took like months. It's do you actually use a typewriter? No, I just have it on no, top you don't. of the dresser. Um, so uh, quick, you, quick typewriter news. In, <laughs> hold on, hold on. First, this is Monsters of Socks, and this is our first segment, typewriter news. Typewriter news, exactly. Yeah. So um I subscribe to Joe Posnanski's newsletter, which all baseball fans should. He is a wonderful eh. baseball writer. Um, he sent a post out today that shows that he received a piece of fan mail. And it was fan mail that was written Jack Kerouac on the road style on one giant piece of paper that was typed on a typewriter. And he showed okay. it. It's like an eight foot long piece of paper. And the person who wrote it to him 
was Tom Hanks. That's amazing. Is that not amazing? I'm over here excited because Lou Merloni retweeted an article I wrote. Joe Posnanski is getting a scroll of fan mail from Tom freaking Hanks. How about that? Uh, that is a compliment to Hanks as much as Posnanski. It, tr- I it mean, truly is. One day, we'll get there. We'll get there. So we don't, we had a very simple idea for this podcast and that, yeah. Idea was Shohei Otani, but I insisted. Right. I insist, and we will spend. You insisted on doing Otani slash Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Dude, so, so I saw the text this morning, and it said he died. And I go, oh, let me go to Twitter and see what they're saying. And I, I just saw R.I.P. Bozo. I was like, please be it, please be it. And dude, <laughs> so have... <laughs> that was it. Was one of the good days. I actually saw somebody say this morning, this is a good day on here. I'm like, why would they say that? I was like, oh. <laughs> have you seen what our old friends, the New York Yankees, have done? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they didn't tell us anything we didn't know. <laughs> no, they really didn't. Uh, which segues into the, the discussion I wanted to have pre-Otani because it's more relevant to the Red Sox in that I think the Red Sox are not going to get Shohei Otani nor do I think the Yankees are, but I do think there's a good chance that they get Juan Soto. Okay, so all right, so let's 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 start. Let's just bandy the idea about because okay. for me, this is like we have these ideas, this culmination. It was like I think it was like this with Harper. I ironically enough, where it's like, well, that guy's going to end up on the Yankees someday, <clears throat> and he's so good on a second tier market team. And is left-handed on top of everything else. Generational hitter. And this is a time where it actually, like, for the Yankees, would not be excessive. The problem I have with it is that it makes a ton of sense. And I don't... I actually... I I do want to... Yeah, I want to jump off exactly with what you just said there. Because... All right. So just to back up, we're going to we're going to talk this entire episode just about Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. And presumably we're going to talk about their potential fits with the Red Sox, what we think Craig Breslow will do, what the Yankees rumors with Juan Soto are are sounding like right now. But what you just said, I think I think we have to start with what you just said about it making sense with the New York Yankees because I do think we have to this is kind of an amazing confluence of events right now. We have the Boston Red Sox have finished last place three of the last four seasons. They have a new general manager in charge. They are flush with cash and under the luxury tax. They're in a good place to add elite talent because they do actually have a pretty good foundation in the major league roster and the minor leagues. And John Henry maybe in a position where he wants to make a splash because the Red Sox have been increasingly irrelevant. But is it the case that despite all of that, both Shohei Otani and Juan Soto, one, the greatest baseball player of all time, another guy is often compared to Ted Williams. Are they really both not good fits for the Red Sox? right? No, now? no, no, no. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I, I think that Otani is just not, the magnitude of, I know what, I think that when you say it that way, 
you're just underlying you're underlining the point that has been true that was definitely true last year is the Red Sox and the Yankees are the same, right? They're in the sort of exact same spot. And it make Soto makes sense for both of them. And now that you say that, yes, it would not surprise me if the Red Sox traded for them. Uh for him. It would it would only surprise me in that it would be a good thing after so many bad things. Like that's it would be the Manny Ramirez level of excitement for me of like, holy shit, this shit happened. It actually happened. Yes. It's been so long since we went out and proactively got a top X player. And frankly, I love Manny as much as anyone. Soto is probably a top higher X player. Yeah, I think so. I think we may be underestimating or, or, you know, Manny Ramirez a little bit. I I think we're, I, my point is not to litigate that because it's Manny is one of the greatest hitters. Uh, And I think the, a cool thing about Manny that I appreciate is that it's hard to have a right-handed swing that just has something about it, whereas it's very easy for a left-hander. And Manny's swing is one of my favorite righty swings of all time, if not my favorite. Um, By the way, you know who went to Manny Ramirez's high school? Juan Soto? (laughs) Henry Kissinger. (laughs) Um, Oh, well, that may... Okay, all right, right. I actually... Okay, yeah, that makes... I forgot Manny yeah. grew up in uh it, it, yeah Manhattan. in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um okay. So <clears throat> all right. That so how do you perfect, want to start? All right. So that makes perfect sense on both for for both organizations. And the way you talk about it, now the Yankees aren't coming off four World Series in five years, right? But the Red Sox are in a position similar to the one they were in in like 2001, 2002, with respect to the elite teams. It just, the Yankees are also in that position at this point. So I could see them getting into it the way they did before when when then it was like the upstart versus the, you know, the, the reigning champ. Whereas now it's like we both want to, first of all, fuck you and also fuck the Astros. So yeah, hopefully yeah. it rains. And the Astros, for whatever reason, haven't been really mentioned about either one of these guys. Uh, I guess it makes sense for Soto. The Astros' farm system is kind of depleted right now. They're, they've slipped down the rankings. Um, and then in terms of show, well, we don't know anything about Otani's free agency. It would not we surprise really don't. me at all <clears throat> if you was like, yeah, actually, he wanted he went to Houston. I'd be like, okay, yeah. great. So I've I've been trying to do some research on Otani to try and 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 figure out to read some tea leaves. No, this is all everyone's saying is like nobody really. Yeah, knows we we can go going. straight forward to Otani now. Soto was done. All right, let's. We can go back to Soto later. Let's. But yeah, let's start with Otani. Uh, actually, actually, I don't want to start because I really want to hear advertisements first. <laughs> I think that's much better before we go on yeah, this Otani. Uh, journey of discovery and you will hear those advertisements now 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's go. Okay. Question for you. Have you heard of and or watched the Shohei Otani documentary? That uh, has been released on Disney Plus and I think ESPN Plus and a few other places. No, but I am excited. So it's, I I have not watched the whole thing. I've watched about half of it. Is it propaganda or is it a documentary? It is propaganda. Is it Uh, Scott Morris? It's, well, no, he's not his agent. Oh, he's not his agent. You know, it it occurred to me. So his agent has already popped up in the documentary I'm, I'm watching, and I was surprised. To realize that I didn't even know who his agent was. <laughs> the guy's got, uh, what the hell? I, and I, it's a name I didn't even recognize, frankly. It was, it was, uh, what's his, the name was like Bez Nalal or something like that. Um, let me look it up. Let's see. It's uh, Nez Balelo. Have you ever heard of Nez Balelo? No. Nez Balelo is Shohei Otani's agent. That's uh, a, I'm, if he chose him based on name alone, I mean, I can't, there's no, I got nothing. That's perfect. So like he is, I know that is wonderful. I mean, he is an established baseball agent. Other clients include Sandy Alcantara uh, or uh, Ryan Braun, Andre Ethier, Adam Jones. I guess he has some UFC fighters in there. Um, so it's not like he's a total nobody, but I think like that's sort of, representative of how mysterious this whole thing is like you were just assuming for a second there that boris is his agent yeah and i didn't even and i didn't hadn't even really thought i I hadn't realized i didn't know who it was until i saw this guy's name yeah i think i i think we would know if boris was his agent because boris would be the main character of the 
Shohei oh, Otani yes, documentary. Yeah. So how is it? So, so to answer your question, it is propaganda. It, look, there's no question. It's, it's, this is like all other athlete documentaries. Now it's put together by his team and it's uh, nothing super interesting has been revealed yet. Uh, there, there have been a couple of interesting things. Um, I will start with this though. I think, look, even though it's made by his team, I think knowing that you can still maybe pick up some interesting information and I'll start with this. You want to care to guess who Shohei chose to narrate his documentary? And note the tone in my voice as I ask you that. You want to care to guess who Shohei Otani, free agent Shohei Otani, chose to narrate his documentary? I mean, the the simplest answer that I can think of is Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's, this is the only person who I'd rather hear narrate a documentary than Morgan Freeman. He chose Pedro Martinez. Oh, Jesus Christ. He chose Pedro Martinez, and, and Pedro is genuinely, so far, the second star of this movie. He not only narrates, but he's also interviewed. And so far, the only people that I've seen interviewed are, are Old Nez, our friend Old Nez Balelo, <laughs> you Darvish, Hideki Matsui, CC Sabathia has popped up and then there's Pedro on the couch and within five minutes of the whole thing starting Shohei's talking about his childhood and how his dream from a young age was to go right to the major leagues it, it, his dream wasn't even to be a two-way player I'll get to that in a second his dream was to play in the major leagues and he focuses on how much he watched major league players and he talks so so much about Pedro and it isn't just like, uh, you know, Pedro was great. He was fun to watch. I mean, he's talking about how he studied Pedro as a pitcher. And he recognized that Pedro, being a little guy, could sort of do things that he couldn't quite do. But he also saw, he, he saw that as a way of unlocking his talent. If he could figure out how to move his body like Pedro does, how to have the same arm action, but translate that to a bigger, stronger body. Like that's how he could unlock his true potential as a pitcher. There's this whole 30 second montage of just showing clips of both of them on the mound where Shohei's movements look exactly like Pedro's movements did in, in 2004 and 2003. He really loves Pedro. And I did not know this at all. But there it is. Like it's, it, look, I'm not saying this means he's going to go to the Red Sox, but. This is interesting to me that it's it is it is a it's a genuine fanboy thing for him. Don't give me hope, Dan. Don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't. So I, I now look, I, I understand why you wanted to do this episode. This is it why this is why I wanted sense. to do this episode. This is why I wanted to do this episode. Oh look, my we've god! Been, <laughs> oh my god! We've been hearing this stupid show. I don't down, think it matters so. ultimately, but it's just when you hear it, you're like, well. Well, it could. I, let's let's ask board. another question. Gotta you just said you just said you don't think it matters. So then, the follow up question to that: What do you think matters to him? And I, granted, we have no idea, and we won't know. But just based on what we've seen of him for the last five years, what do you think matters to him? Because I do have some thoughts on that, and I think it might be a little unconventional. Perhaps I am stereotyping, and if so, I am sorry. 
But it was my understanding that he and other Japanese players like playing on the West Coast because it is easier to get home. Definitely, yeah. And I, I understand. Yeah. And that's that's why the Mariners are perpetually in play. Yes. And I um, think if I recall... That's why Ichiro... Or did the Mariners just go out and get Ichiro? Well, well, Ichiro is a special case because <laughs> you, he was Oh, the you fucking first. think? <laughs> yes. No, but yeah, Ichiro being, I mean, he was the first. You saw the Ichiro position player to right? come over. That just happened. I did. I actually didn't. Oh, 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 of him pitching? Yes, I did. Go ahead. You can tell it if you want. Yeah. He's playing a high school, like, all star woman softball team. And he pitched a, like, 15 strikeout, nine inning shutout. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he oh, dialed it up to like 86 just, pounds. An hour just or beat their fucking brains out. I love it. Yeah, right, Ichiro, I think Ichiro, I think we can sort of take out of the conversation as having a predictive value because he was the first position player to come over. I think probably any team could have had him. The Mariners at the time were owned by the by the owner of Nintendo, so there was that connection. But I think generally speaking, you're right. And, I, and if I do recall, I wish I had these teams in front of me, but when he first came over the list of teams that made it to the sort of the second round of interviews of which the Red Sox were not one. I think they were almost exclusively, if I recall West coast teams. And then I think the Cubs were in there too. Well, the Cubs are the team that are like new owner, you know, uh, go crazy. Yeah. You know, put a big smile. But having said that, I don't know how much, I think the West Coast thing, I mean, look, just look in recent years. We saw Kodai Senga go to New York just last year. Well, let me put it this Uh, way. Hideki Matsui went to the Yankees. Hideki Matsui, but like he's a known pervert, so he likes New York. (laughs) So he likes New York, yeah. Yeah. And Um, I, hold on. That is not disrespect. That is admiration for him being like, yeah, I have a giant porn yeah. collection. That's that's game recognizing game. Yeah, it's like, dude, he was he was analog. You yeah. know, he knew. Um, so anyway, I don't think the West Coast thing I'm sure it plays I a role. I don't think it's going to be determinative. I will, but the only reason is that like the simplest explanation is the best one is like the Dodgers are also in many ways independent of that the most likely destination and then you add that and the fact that for whatever it would mean to him he doesn't have to move right yes i think well from what i understand from everyone who lives in la complaining about traffic i feel like he might still move anyway but you're right yes that boy that boy will take a helicopter yeah i will so here's a couple of assumptions on my part that i'm making and look you may hear these assumptions and say, wow, all of these assumptions sure do play uh, into the Red Sox hands. <laughs> and maybe, maybe for those reasons, they're not, they're not, they're not necessarily sound, but I'm going to make them anyway. Okay. First of all, I don't think he will definitely go to the highest bidder. In fact, I think that it's not even his number one concern. I a hundred percent agree. <clears throat> yeah. And I think we have solid ev- evidence of this because when when he first came over, if he had waited, I think only one more season, he would have been able to come over as a full free agent. He didn't want to wait one more season. He just wanted to play in the big leagues. So he came over when he was still 25 years old, when he was still subject to am- international amateur rules and was thus just given, you know, the standard six-year arbit- free arbitration contract like every other 
rookie gets. He could have waited one more year and gotten more money. He had no interest in doing that. So I don't think money is the most important thing to him. I also don't think that winning a World Series is the most important thing for him. I think he wants to win for sure. I think he probably got really sick of being irrelevant with the Angels. But a couple of things. I think, one, we do see in the documentary how much he cared about winning the World Baseball Classic this spring. And look, American fans and American media still refuse to believe this, but we have heard foreign players say this over and over again now. They care more about the WBC than the World Series now. I, and he I Here's the thing. By, by, a, by a factor of like three, the Otani Trout at bat was the most exciting thing to happen in baseball this year. It is I mean, yeah, not, it is like, it was world history. Three undersells the it. Only, the only issue I have with your characterization of the World Series being secondary, not that I disagree, is that you have video evidence of him being as happy as he could possibly be on a baseball field. So you're kind of shooting fish in a barrel. Because you're like, oh, he's going to be more excited than that? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I generally agree. Yeah. I think what his main goal is, aside, you know, even uh, above and beyond winning, is he is determined to cement his legacy and status as the greatest player of all time. I really think that's what he wants to when do. You are, he is literally a living god of baseball. He... Money, he's a, he's, this, it's funny, we talked about the Manny offseason, because that was also the A-Rod offseason, and that was heretofore the craziest single offseason ever. I mean, it was, it's hard, it was just a confluence of people being available who had gone oh, through. Not the- not to sidetrack us too much, I no. think the 0304 offseason might have been crazier. Well, it's different. With, with the, it's different. Yeah. That was but more, the almost a rod trade. Well, okay. That what I mean that was by that time, that was uh just simple Yankees Red Sox warfare back and forth. Whereas right. in the, the 2000 offseason, it was the whole league was it's like a rod. Otani, like A-Rod did want the most money at the time. And that's why he ended up in Texas. But A-Rod is no Otani. No one is. No one has ever been in this position. It would be hard to... The the only person who compares to this is LeBron. And I think that's like... Otani... (laughs) looks like they made better TV production decisions than LeBron did. Yeah. I'm not even sure. So comparing Otani and LeBron, like Otani, I think is even more singularly focused on being the best. I think this is all right, LeBron, well, LeBron cares wanted about to be a, a billionaire. Like he wanted right. to be LeBron, a billionaire. The global icon. 
Yeah, he cares about a lot of things. He's a striver. I really he's a think striver. He's really he a striver. Is. And A-Rod certainly is oh, that. God. He's like that. He's the dictionary definition of a striver. So th- this is actually a good opportunity. I'm going to interject with some. So Otani gave an interview to, J- to Japanese GQ. And he did his uh, 10 things he can't live without. Have, have you come across these answers yet? No. <laughs> so I'm going to read them to you. Because I think it's actually pretty telling about who this guy is as a person 10 things that Shohei Otani can't live without number one is a pillow sure (laughs) which not the most exciting thing to start with but I will say this it's apparently it's a custom made pillow that they tailored to his head and neck shape that he has would like I can't even imagine how good it is he says he's never woken up with a sore neck or back I Number two, a weighted sleep mask. This boy likes to sleep. <laughs> Number three, a compression system, which of which he says, like with the icing, I can use this in my room, essentially at the hotel or while I am sleeping. <laughs> I use it when I have some free time while watching a movie or when sleeping in my bed. Otani loves to sleep. Dude, you I really, mean, it makes sense. Really it makes sense. Yep. Number four is an ice machine, not like a hotel ice maker, but like the, the little gravel much. ice machine. People swear by those, the little pellet ones. No, no, no. It's something he straps to his body that ices his limbs and muscles. I think he'd prefer the pellet thing, but okay. Makes sense. Number five is a heart rate monitor for keeping track of my sleep and recovery. Which, okay. and and I and I will I will note this only because of the New Balance ridiculousness earlier. He specifically noted a Whoop heart rate monitor, which Brian, I know you are not uh, local to Boston anymore. Whoop is a Boston-based company who just built a brand new headquarters in Kenmore Square with a giant Whoop sign that can be seen from inside Fenway Park, right next to the Sitco sign. So, so there you go. Um, the next on this list, an iPhone. <laughs> next on the list after iPhone, iPad, <laughs> which he uses to check his stats, analyze his pitching, and read his favorite anime books. At the time of recording, Otani was reading Slam Dunk, which he said was, quote, really cool. It made him want to try out basketball, even though he knows he isn't good at it. So that's seven. Numbers eight, nine, and ten. On the list of things Shohei Otani can't live without, a baseball bat, a baseball glove. And let me guess, a baseball. No, apparently he can live without that. Cleats. Someone else has the balls. The point is Otani like, cares about nothing else. And we've heard this. Mike, I think Mike Trout gave a quote once that literally said, like, he wakes up, he comes to the ballpark, he goes home. He sleeps. Well, like, so that's you, what he does. I don't. I don't know if you know this, but when Kevin Garnett had to approve the trade to the Celtics, I believe, and uh, mm-hmm. he called somebody he used to play with and was like, "Would I like Boston?" And the guy's like, "All you fucking do is work. It doesn't matter where you play." He's like, "All right, good point," because he was yeah. the same. Just like, that's it. And they were big sleep evangelists too. That Celtics team was like <laughs> the first. They were, no, seriously, they were like the first NBA Paul team. Pierce. To, 
Mm. They, I'm not saying that they followed the advice. <laughs> um, but anyhow, sure. I mean, the, but I do think that those things sort of work against each other. Uh, in some ways, I don't know how that makes outside of the whoop part, which is obviously incriminating. Yeah. He's coming to Boston, but yeah. outside of that, I don't understand how these well, two things my, can exist at the same time. I think, I think my point is again, I think his priority is not making the most money. It's not necessarily even being on a perennial winner. Like he is laser focused right now. And this is really the theme of the whole documentary. He's laser focused on being the best baseball player of all time. Right. So I think it's so I I don't necessarily think he's going to take the most money. I don't necessarily think he's going to go to the Dodgers just because they can guarantee him, you know, a shot at, at glory. And it was kind of interesting. I didn't realize this about his past. My understanding of his origin story was that, you know, he always wanted to be a two way player and only the Nippon Ham fighters would would let him do it. And it turns out that that's actually not quite true. Yeah, I know you've told that story on this show. Dan is a liar, so I don't wouldn't necessarily believe. What no, he's no, no, say no, no, but... no, 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 no. That that's no. Here's here's what I didn't. I did tell the story. Here's what I didn't know. But like I said, I thought that he wanted to be a two way player. He says that when he was in high school, his number one goal was not to be a two way player; it's just to play in the major leagues. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to skip the the NPB entirely and just go to the U.S. And he met with a number of U.S. teams, including the Red Sox. Every major league team told him that they saw him as a pitcher. And he was totally fine with that. Every Japanese team he met with told him that they saw him as a pitcher. And he was totally fine with that. It was only, it was the manager of the fighters who, and he may have been doing this strategically. And he kind of hints that he was in the documentary who went up to him and said, and like, and this is the story I've told. I want to make you a, like, I want you to be a two-way player. And he gave him some sort of t-shirt with some inspirational quote and picture of bird on it or something. I don't know like that. But Shohei says until that moment, he hadn't considered doing it and was dead set on going to the state. So it was, it was only this fighter manager coming up to him and saying, I want you to think bigger. I want you to realize that you can be the greatest. You can do something no one's ever done before. I was going to say this sounds like a sports movie, but it literally is a sports. But movie, it literally is. So let me ask you this, Joiner. That man's name what was if, Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> what if Craig Breslow meets with Shohei Otani and says, "Shohei, you're well on your way to being the greatest player of all time." because you are currently a top 10 pitcher and a top 10 hitter, and no one's ever successfully done that before. I have an idea how you can cement your legacy. We're about to trade from our surplus of outfielders to get some pitching help. We're going to trade Alex Verdugo and Sedan Rafaela for Dylan Cease. Next year, you can't pitch. How about you play right field for the Boston Red Sox in 2024? Isn't my understanding he couldn't throw? I mean, that's, I feel well, like. Well, uh, so that's maybe. We don't, we also don't. So here's the thing he didn't get Tommy John. We don't know exactly what he got, but it wasn't Tommy John. <laughs> he He's not going to be able to pitch next year, but he got it. I'm basically, so Bryce Harper did get Tommy John. I looked this up before we recorded. Bryce Harper had his Tommy John surgery on November 20th. 
He returned to the field on May 1st. Now, obviously, he returned at first base, both because he I mean, wasn't sure he could throw uncork the, ball. the throws. You still have to right. throw the ball. You still have to throw the ball at first. And so he, you know, they were unsure about they they thought he could come back more quickly if he could play first. And obviously, Reese Hoskins got injured at the very beginning of the year last year. So they the Phillies had a hole there. So Bryce Harper had his Tommy John on November 20th, was back on the field on May 1st. Shohei had his Tommy John a full two months or, or non-Tommy John, whatever it was, a full two months before that at the end of September. So if you're basing that on the same timeline, maybe he can make outfield throws. And look, well, we know there's, his sprint there's speed one is difference elite. that you're eliding rather conveniently. Bryce Harper is not a pitcher. <laughs> And maintaining the health of Otani's arm is the most important part of managing his work this season, which is why that is probably true. This is why I'm like, I wouldn't if I signed him, especially after this year, it's like, yeah, man, let's have him making herky jerky outfield throws. Yeah. No, no. Well, look. I'm just no, saying. He, he, I mean, he'd be. I'm sure he'd be great. But the point the, the fighters, up. the fighters convinced him to change his entire career path that he'd been working on since he was a kid by challenging him to be a two way player. If the Red Sox now say you're gonna you're gonna now show how good you are as a defensive outfielder too, and absolutely cement your place as the hands down no argument best baseball player of all time. And then, you know, at two years from now, you'll resume your normal pitching DH duties. It might be the type of thing that appeals to him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The only problem with what you said is that, and I hate to keep coming back to this, but this is, you know, generational trauma that doesn't go away. Everything you said applies more to the Yankees than it does to the Red Sox. Uh, well, they have, they have a right fielder. <laughs> I'm going to take that back because I am living in the past because you know what? And I think this is true. I think this is part of why I don't know that stadium fucking sucks. And the old one fucking ruled like it was so loud. It was so loud. And yeah, you can make a new stadium be loud if you want to. They did not want it to be. And it sort of sucked the energy out of it. But, 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 I look, I you've sort of convinced me now that Soto's going to the Red Sox and Otani's going to the Yankees. So I don't, I'm fucking upside down right now. But I, but what you're saying, beyond what you're, you've laid out, I, in general, don't know how why what you said doesn't apply to any number of teams outside of Whoop, which again, money in the bank. There we go. No, look, you're right. It obviously does apply to a number of teams. Like, what? Um, if, who's the previous best baseball player of all time, arguably, and who changed teams at the same point in his career? Are you referring to Babe Ruth, or are you? No, 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 no. The, I mean, the real one. The, who's arguably the best baseball player of all time. It's certainly arguably the best hitter of all time. Yeah, Bonds. We're talking Bonds. Right. And where did he play? In the second. From Pittsburgh to San Francisco. Yeah. So you what think... I'm saying is if here's – it's like you could 
he hasn't shown an affinity for Barry Bonds, but the if you want to supplant the master, like is Pedro the master? Is Bonds the master? And like we don't know. Well, actually, we do. Pedro is the North Star, right? But how about nothing? I love that. Let's let's the, the, ride that. The documentary did essentially paint Pedro as his pitching idol and Matsui as his hitting idol. Um, but the stuff yeah, he says the, about Pedro, Matsui Pedro is like that ten, Pedro wins oh, that unquestionably, yeah. Ten, so. And the stuff he says about Matsui is sort of boilerplate. Oh, it's great seeing a Japanese player succeed in the major leagues. It's, pay, it's pay, like he lights up when he talks about Pedro. He really does. It's and I will note. I don't know exactly when this document. I mean, this obviously was filmed uh, over a long period of time. There are some interviews with Shohei when he is in the clubhouse wearing an Angels uniform. There are other interviews where he appears to be at home in Japan in the off season. Um, <clears throat> the closest I could figure out to try and figure it out exactly when it was made is that Matsui they actually interview in his Connecticut home. And at one point there's a shot of the shoreline and it appears to be cold um, and he's wearing a sweater. So I, I think, I think a lot of this probably was made after the season. I will just note that Pedro did come out this September. He was asked, where does he think Otani is signing? And he said, Boston, he predicted Boston. It wasn't like a very strong statement. He also mentioned like, well, you know, the Dodgers and Mariners and the Yankees could all be good fits, too. <laughs> he's like, but I think he's going to go to the Red Sox. Oh, he was just doing the Red Sox allegiance. I That is kind of what it reads. But at the time that and I like read rooting, that quote, And rooting for it. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I read it in September when it first came out. But I didn't realize at the time that these two had this uh, mutual appreciation connection okay. and that were working together on a film. I have a question, and this shows the depth of my cynicism, and no, no, there's nothing to do with what I think he's actually like. Do you think Pedro would actually be like, yeah, you should go to Boston? Do I you do. think he would say, you got to go to Boston because it's so unlike every other place? Because I love Pedro, and I know he says that to us, but would he say that to him? No, I do believe that. I, I, okay. and I, okay. and I don't think, and I think Pedro and Shohei are different in that. Like Pedro did want to win, absolutely, and he wanted to be in a cauldron of baseball mania. That he's we don't fucking, know if Shohei a, wants. He was that. a psychopath. He's yes. an utter psychopath. Yes, we don't know if Shohei wants that, but we do know that Pedro wanted it, and I do think he would. And I think Ortiz was the same way. I think, you know, guys like Ortiz and Pedroia and Pedro probably can't imagine their careers happening without Boston. Now, I ultimately think... One would hope not. Yeah. Now, I think Pedro is also, you know, uh, the type of person who, if Shohei asked him for advice, I, I think Pedro's first question would be like, well, what do you want? You know, I think that's the type of person he is too. And 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 if Shohei said, you know, I just want to be really good in a low pressure environment, he he would say, "Fun, then don't go to Boston." He, I don't think he would lead him astray for the sake of his Red Sox allegiance. But I do think if 
I do think he would say no, to Shohei you, that worked. my time in Boston was the most electric years of my life. I will never regret it. I'm a god there. I'm so happy I did it. I don't think he would hesitate to say that. Stop this. Stop this right now. <laughs> I'm being I'm being Otani pilled. <laughs> all right. Oh. Well, well, okay. But now let's take a step back here. Now that I've put all no, these you brought me all the way forward. Now I have to go back. Oh, well, wow. we have to start with the fact that, like, like I said at the start of the show, it's bizarre and ironic that the Red Sox are in this position, in a prime position to spend and make a big splash. And yet neither one of these guys, it, it's kind of assumed by everyone that it's just not the right fit right now. And from a baseball standpoint, it's kind of hard to argue against that. The Red Sox offense was fine last year could be better i think when it was park adjusted it was like right smack dab in the middle of the league so it certainly could be better but they what they need is starting pitching and neither one of those guys can do it and to the extent that they need to improve their lineup they need to do it with right-handed hitting because they are incredibly lefty heavy and both of these guys are lefties well you know the answer to all of this because yamamoto <laughs> also said he or was it yamamoto or shohei said they wanted to go to a team with another Japanese player. Anyhow, problem yeah, solved. Yeah, yeah. Problem solved. It would be great. I, I would be all for the Red Sox. Just they would like, immediately okay, we're, be like we're the, in if, Japan. If, if John Henry wants to put them back at the top of the map, look, this is true of any team. If you get both those guys, right? But especially with the Red Sox right now. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh man, that would be incredibly cool if they were just like we are now. We're we're Samurai Japan, but the Boston version, <laughs> and just oh, they also have Yoshida. But uh, yeah, let's just get three just in case, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have anything more to say on this? Because I'm fully convinced, and I have a snap question for you based on a podcast I just finished right before I came in. Okay, well, so is this a snap question about Otani? Because I do want to talk no, Soto. No, it's, a, it's a Red Sox question. Okay, go so, ahead. The, finish up with Otani. Well, I, well, I want to move on to Soto too now because it looks like we're increasing. It at least according to Twitter, it, a lot of people seem to be acting like it's now just in the last twenty four hours, like a foregone conclusion, like he's a Yankee. How does that make you feel? Well, that was the whole point of me wanting to start with Juan Soto. <laughs> Literally, the you, that is why I wanted to talk about it. Because I was accepting it as inevitable. And then you were just like, blah, 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 blah. But now you're saying what I'm saying. So that's why, because it was timely. That's why. Okay. Um, I It doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. No. Um, I agree still... that in theory... Everything that applies to the Yankees with respect to Soto <clears throat> applies to the Red Sox. But my point was that this stuff has been happening. Yeah. It has been happening. As far as I can tell, the Red Sox haven't been involved. It, it will be let's let's just for the sake of conversation assume that he is going to be a New York Yankee, which by the time this is released, you very well may be. It's going to be interesting to see how the Red Sox react and how Red Sox fans react, because I think it's very possible that the package, whatever package ends up getting him, looks to a lot of people surprisingly light. I agree. 
because he he only has one year left, and I don't see him signing an extension. I I don't. I'm not even sure he. And the Padres have zero leverage. None. They have zero leverage. Yep. And I don't. It's hard for me to to guess sort of um, whether Juan Soto really. I could see him either being the type of guy who would love being Yankee or hate it. I could really see him going either way. Um, like, look, he's brash. He's got an attitude. He'd be going to a. He'd be going to the the capital of the Dominican diaspora in America. I think in that sense, he might love being a huge star in New York. On the other hand, I think he probably has really enjoyed his time in San Diego. I think he probably loves being on a team with like a lot of young players like him, young flashy players like him. And he might be worried that the Yankees will sort of stifle that part of his personality. So either way, I I don't think he's going to just get to the Bronx and sign an extension. So maybe Uh, it's just one year. I disagree because if he get if he goes to the Yankees, they're planning to sign the extension. They'll have the extension. I don't. I, I I believe that in not every case where he gets traded will the extension necessarily be in place. With the Yankees, I feel like well, he's here. We're not letting him leave the building. So, uh, it just because, as I said at the top of the show. So do the Yankees. It seemed inevitable for like five years or how many the five years that he's been playing, I guess. So not that that always happens, but it's like when Harper went to Philadelphia, it was so refreshing because yeah. it wasn't the Yankees. So, I mean, the thing is, if we're just going to be totally honest here, Philly is the team with like the 2003-2004 vibe right now. Of oh, Red Sox yeah. Yankees player Just acquisition, though chasing that brass ring. Anyhow, uh, I'm not going to do that segment because I have a different question for you. Uh, if we're done, uh, it's 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 not Red Sox related at all. I feel like we've talked enough baseball. <laughs> all right, we can move on. Are you a Shakespeare guy? I don't think you are. Uh, not in the sense that I like have a favorite Shakespeare play or quote or anything like that. No, I'm not a Shakespeare guy. <laughs> and not a Shakespeare movie guy. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I've seen my fair share of Shakespeare adaptations. It really does. My fair share sounds like a Shakespeare. <laughs> no, I am not a Shakespeare guy. I, I I'm not going to pretend otherwise. So I like slowly become one and have favorite plays and then like a bunch of different Hamlets and whatever. But I haven't watched a lot of comedies. And then recently I saw that Much Ado About Nothing from like 1990 was on Prime. Started to watch it and I immediately was like, oh, this is like Kenneth Branagh does a lot of the Of stuff. course it's Kenneth Branagh, yeah. Right. And his Henry V is like one of the rawest movies you're able to see. It fucking rocks. It's like, dude, I have seen rock. this speech scene 27 times. I have yeah, not seen any other parts of the movie, but the, it's, it's like, you feel like you're watching the lead up to this battle and this battle and the 
the end. Anyhow, so I've only seen it be serious. I saw Hamlet, which he's like, he's not my favorite Hamlet. And he's very Kenneth Branagh, but he's awesome in this. And this is a comedy. He's much to do about nothing. Him and Emma Thompson are the lead. And it's like incredible for our, just saying for a certain demographic out there, they might want to know this is Kate Beckinsale's first ever role. She's like 19. I'm just, I'm just saying I hadn't seen it in a pro. Keanu is in it. He's really terrible, but like, shut up. Keanu Reeves, Michael Keaton is in it. Shakespeare production. Michael Keaton is in mm -hmm. it. Um, anyhow, wait, was this before or after Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? After. So he did Bill and this Ted. This is straight up. And then Kenneth Branagh was like, get this guy. This is, you know, this is a very, I can see him being like, because this is a studio Shakespeare movie. They're like, okay, but you have to have these faint, like, because like Michael star, Keaton yeah. is in there and he's, I think he's good because he's Michael Keaton. He didn't get great reviews, but you could tell they wanted names to put on the poster, right? No. Anyhow, the entire point of the story is the second Kenneth Brenner shows up, I'm like, fuck, that's Dan. He has your hair. He has your exact same beard. And he, it's just like, that's fucking Dan. That's Dan Secatora right there. So there you okay. go. I think that's a compliment to you, but it, it was am just I as, like, Am I as charismatic as Kenneth Branagh is? Um, I think you're less devious. I mean, he's an actor. He lies for a living. He does. But, but I do have to say, for, for anyone that cares, this thing is like firecracking. I'm going to give one more Shakespeare. You can count this as my recommendation for anyone who likes Shakespeare. If you don't, I don't care. Uh, there's a King Lear on Prime that's got Anthony Hopkins and then the three daughters are as Lear. And the three daughters are Emma Thompson, um, Emily Watson, and Florence Pugh, who's very young. And she's the... And Emma Thompson is like, having just watched this, is like one of the most accomplished... She's in everything Branagh does. With she's amazing. And Florence Pugh, as like a 17-year-old, just like fucking wipes them off the screen. It's just her and Anthony Hopkins. Just Going toe to toe, it's great. All right, I'm done. I may I may watch that. I'm not. I have tried. I've I've watched. A, I've tried to watch a few Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare's, mostly years ago. Um, so it's worth giving them a new shot. I think. I also I keep I keep trying to to watch his his Hercule Poirot movies. Nah, skip. they're awful. Well, that's that's part of the thing with Branagh. Yeah, and that's that like. Shit. And it's like there's it's such a good cast, and it's they're always interesting. Like, yeah, of course, I want to spend two hours in a murder mystery on a boat on the Nile, and I can't. Like, th there needs to be some kind of intervention to make these movies work, because they should work. They should be really good. Well, they obviously work well not. enough. The third one is coming out featuring Tina Fey doing a fucking ludicrous accent. Yeah, uh, and. I don't, well, do they work or does he just get to do it? Because he's like, I like doing this, and I'm in the studio. Just they says, okay, they, they don't make three movies that are like because they. I saw the first one, and it's like a big movie, right? It's yeah. it's presented like a blockbuster, and it must. It definitely ha it, American audiences may not even be the fucking point. Like they're part of. Yeah, the that point. might be true, but yeah, this just yeah. might just be like you make these blockbusters. They're worldwide. 
they make enough money. There's like, shit, go ahead, Kenneth Brown, and make another one. And then he's probably like, okay, and I get to make Othello. And they're like, great, cool. Yeah. David Tennant, Hamlet, last recommendation. That's the one. David Tennant, Hamlet, okay. What year is that made? It's like 10 years ago. Patrick Stewart is the both the ghost and the and the um Claudius. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Very okay. simple, it's, very simple stuff. It feels like a play. It is a play. I've been to sleep no more. Does this count as to sleep sure. no more count? As, I, I did not as, go, but yes. Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um so I just needed I didn't wasn't planning to get into recommendations, but you just all you need to do is if you have Prime, go to the much to do about nothing. Just like, oh, there I am. That's me. All right. That sounds good. Uh, my else? recommendation to yeah. piggyback on your on your Shakespeare recommendation. My recommendation is breakfast burrito. Just as a general concept, I uh, I don't know about you. I generally don't eat breakfast. I just have coffee and I don't have any food until lunch. And today. I was ordering from a sandwich place down the street and I almost always get one of their lunch sandwiches. And today I said, you know what? Fuck it. I can get the breakfast burrito. I didn't have anything for breakfast. And it was a wonderful decision. It was carnitas burrito. And I'm going to do it more often. So my recommendation is uh, if you if you don't have a lot of breakfast burritos in your life, change that. Get some more. Yeah, I do the same thing with you. We're like, I'll like toast and coffee. But then I'll one day I'll be like, I'm going to have some eggs and I eat it. And then I'm at work and I'm just like, fuck, I feel so much better because I ate all that food. Um, but yeah, come to the ghost. Today was a today was a light day for me. I think that's all I got. I think yeah. That's, I think that's, that's all I got. That's all I got too. I so think I think I, the good part no is Sox news. Yeah, well, I mean, the nice part is that it does sound like no matter what else the Shohei and Juan Soto and then everybody else by extension. Glaciers are starting to move and the winter meetings are coming up and, you know, that's when it's going to happen. Or maybe, but like that's where a lot of stuff is going to happen. It so amazes know me that more. it takes until the winter meetings for these guys to do anything. I don't get it. Like we like just we all have phones. We got Zoom. We can, like you don't need to be in a shitty hotel conference room. Just talk to each other, guys. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But no other sport requires them all to be in the same place before anything can happen. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. All right. Until next time, I am Brian Joyner. That is Dan Secatore, a.k.a. Benedict. We'll talk to you next time. Benedict? It's the name of the, it's Benedict. It's the name of the character. Much okay. Better. I thought you were confusing English actors there for a second. No, no sir. All right.